good afternoon and welcome to your DIY Health Radio here on the Spreaker Radio Network and simulcasting on free conference call. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. And this program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there, including the uh, information on the iTerra Care device, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And there's lots of information about that. We got downloadable flyers and brochures, a link to a YouTube playlist with over 140 videos talking about the technology, how it's used, and testimonials from people all over the world that have had fantastic, life-changing results using these things. And then, of course, there's a link to the dedicated website where you get more information, more testimonials, and the Order Now button. And just follow the prompts there. The two big most important things are when you see the amount box, you put 380 for each one that you want in there, and you put your name in the remarks box. If you do that, everything will be fine, and uh, nobody will get hurt, and you'll get uh, your wand in a couple of days, and you'll have a lot of fun from that point on. Now, uh, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Spreaker Radio Network, free conference call, their owners or sponsors, any of the other platforms were uh, replayed on, uh, all that good stuff, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use the show as a jumping off point to do your own research and do diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you now, i forgot to mention while you're on the main website be sure and hit the radio shows tab and at the top of the page is the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm and right below that is the rumble button yeah we're on rumble now and uh, everything we've done since uh the beginning of october october 2nd uh the first was sunday so no show there but everything from the second on is posted there for replay and um the, today's show will be up there about an hour and a half after the show's over. That's about how long it takes me to create the uh, the video file and then upload it and then for their system to propagate it and get it running. But we're trying to get more exposure, uh, especially for the Thursday shows. Uh, you know, Of course, the health information is very important too, but we're trying to get Mike Gaddy's uh, information out there as well. So uh, the more you share, the more you uh, uh follow and all that good stuff and uh, the more you uh, like hit the like buttons the more chance that other people are going to see and hear this information probably for the first time in their lives and uh, hopefully we'll sit up and take notice and do something with it but um, yeah the uh, rumble button is there so play with that have fun with it and uh, then if you scroll down a little further is the information on the shows we do when you're on and how you listen and at the bottom of the page is a link to the facebook show or page set up for the show and the telegram channel also, uh, thanks to Free Conference Call, we have a dial-in number for the live shows. You know, if you're listening on Spreaker or another platform where the shows are held live, uh, you can call into the show at 937-518-9005. 
That's 937-518-9005. That's only for the live shows. Once I shut down the uh, free conference call platform at the end of the show, the number goes away. So you can't call for information or anything like that. It's only during the uh, two-hour shows when they're live. And that's, again, 937-518-9005. All righty then. Now, um, yesterday we were talking about... uh, the uh, carnivore diet a little bit and i have found a really really intriguing video that uh, before i play i want to kind of preface this is pretty much what doc wallach has been pushing not quite this uh in depth i guess you could say but uh his information and all the research he's done over the years uh the top uh there's like 28 um cultures in the world that are the longest lived. They have uh, like uh, uh, 40, um, how is it? Uh, they got 25 times more centigenarians or 100 year olds than we do. Here in the US, you know, back in the, the last time I saw his numbers, where it was like 10,000 per, um, you know, 100 year old per 10,000 people. And um, these countries have like 25 times that or one per like 400 or something. But uh, they uh, routinely live at very high altitudes where there's very short growing seasons. So the only thing they eat for the most part is, you know, goat meat, you know, some kind of animal meat and uh, dairy. And, of course, they have uh, what they call glacial milk, which is the runoff from the glaciers that is so thick with minerals it looks like milk. And... um, that's where the old uh, thing flowing with milk and honey comes from because they had glacial milk. You had uh, mountains in the areas where the, the runoff came down. It looked like milk, and there were lots and lots of bees in the area creating honey because bees like minerals. So the land was flowing with milk, glacial milk, and honey. And uh, basically, um, these people live to be, you know, 100 years plus, and they have no real disease they have no problems nothing there except good long life and happiness um but no no roads no drive-throughs no fast food none of that kind of garbage um no indoor plumbing even for that matter but they have high nutrition high fat high protein and extremely low if not totally low carbohydrate intake in their daily diets so Basically, what has worked around the world in those areas is now something that more people are practicing on a regular basis here in the U.S. and probably other countries as well. But it's called the carnivore diet where you eat nothing but meat, preferably fatty meat. And this video that I'm going to show is a video of um, Dr. Ken Berry, uh, who is interviewing a lady by the name of Kelly Hogan who, when she started her journey on this uh, diet, she was way, 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 way overweight, morbidly obese. And for 13 years, and this is as of about a year ago when this video was actually recorded, so it's 14 years now, um, she's only been eating meat. And I'm going to let you see what the results of this is because a lot of people are out there telling, oh, don't eat that, that's bad for you. You know, it could cause problems. You could end up with cancer and diabetes and all this other stuff if all you did was eat meat. So uh, let's see what, uh, from the horse's mouth, so to speak, exactly what happened with Kelly Hogan. 
Hello, my friends. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Ken Berry, a family physician, and in the next hour, I'm going to be uh, chatting with a woman I've known for some time now who has been eating only meat for 13 years, the last 13 years of her life. And it has done some very unusual things to her body. And I'm going to bring her on in just a few minutes. Uh, I want to give you a little bit of warning in advance that the changes to her body over the last um, 13 years have been significant. Um, some people would say they've been um, terrific or terrible, depending. Uh, I just want, I want you to see what can happen to the human body when you eat only meat for 13 years. I've been eating only meat for almost four years. And if you've been following my channel for a while, you know kind of what's happened in my life as far as how it's changed my body, my mental health, etc. cetera. Uh, some people think I'm as crazy as ever. Other people notice a distinct change. And uh, my guest this evening is Kelly Hogan. Uh, we've been good friends for quite some time, but it is, it's concerning the changes that have happened to her physically and mentally after eating only meat for 13 years. And so I'm going to be showing some before and after pictures of Kelly. Uh, I'm going to be, you're, you're going to be able to see her on the screen, how she looks now after 13 years of eating only meat. And, um, I should have her up and ready to introduce her to you in just a few minutes. Um, I see we've got a few Kelly Hogan fans in the house. Welcome, you guys. If you know anybody who's currently suffering from being overweight, being obese, being severely obese, 100% please share this video with, with them alone, or you're welcome to share it on your favorite social media. Uh, the effects of eating just meat long-term, Many doctors are concerned about this. They're concerned about cancer. They're concerned about heart disease. They're concerned about that, that, that red meat might cause diabetes. Many doctors are concerned about that. Many doctors are concerned that eating only meat will cause heart disease. And so I wanted to bring this, this woman on who's been eating only meat for the last 13 years and let you hear her story and see what this, this unusual diet has done to her. And so you may be a little shocked when you see the current state of her health and uh, full disclosure here. I don't, I don't want this to be triggering for anybody. Uh, but, but these, I mean, these pictures are stunning. These pictures are, uh, I, I'm trying to think of the appropriate adjective without triggering anybody, but uh, these, these pictures are the, the difference bet between before and after it's um, many doctors would be very concerned that she's been eating only meat for 13 years. So if you, if you have anybody who's considering a low carb keto, ketovore, carnivore diet, please share this video with them. If you know anybody with type two diabetes, fatty liver, metabolic syndrome, um, or obesity to any degree, you probably want to share this video with them right now. There's a button right down there that says share. You click it, and then you can share it to your favorite social media. You can send it in an email, a text, 
I guess you could send it in a letter, but it would take a while, you know, to get there. We probably wouldn't be live by the time it arrived. I'm waiting for uh, Kelly to join. Yeah, Linda says, was was there a reason she ate only meat? A hundred percent. There was a list of reasons, Linda. And when I get Kelly Hogan, here she comes now. Once we get her set up, uh, she's going to tell you the reasons that she decided to eat only meat. And she started uh, for a, uh, some would cons consider it a very concerning reason why she started eating only meat. Other people would think it's a perfect reason to start eating only meat. Uh, Alexandra says, is it OK for somebody who's had the gastric sleeve? Uh, absolutely. One hundred percent. Alexandra, uh, this this diet is is safe and fine, but I think you might be shocked when you see what it's done to Kelly Hogan. Uh, there, there are many doctors and dietitians and nutritionists out there all around the world warning people not to eat a carnivore diet, warning people you can't do that. This is, this, this is potentially very dangerous for you. And so I just wanted to, I wanted to bring Kelly Hogan, my friend, on and show you what the carnivore diet for the last 13 years has done to her. Some of you may be disturbed by how she looks now. Some of you may be triggered. Uh, some of you may 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 have a, a positive feeling about what this meat-only diet has done to Kelly Hogan. So let me see if I can get her up here now. There she is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dr. Barry, you told me 7 o'clock Eastern Standard. I know, I know. Please forgive me. I am terrible with time. I totally I forgive you 100%, but um, thank goodness I was dressed, but I just put food on the table for the kids. I was like, gotta go. Whew, sorry yeah, I'm, late, I'm so sorry. I promise I'll pay you back. Please forgive me. I Thank you so much for making this small sacrifice. I was just telling everyone that you decided roughly 13 years ago to just eat only meat. And uh, a lot of people were really concerned at how your health must be now. Yeah. You must have colon cancer and heart disease and probably type 2 diabetes. And, you know, you you certainly should be severely obese because everyone knows meat makes you fat. So uh, this is my good friend, Kelly Hogan. If you guys don't know her and follow her, you need to check her out. I've got all her links down in the show notes. Kelly, tell us the story about the concerning way that you were advised to start eating uh, only meat. And the, the reason you've, why did you start that? What was wrong? Why, what, why did you think that crazy diet would help you? And what has been the result over the last 13 years? Well, I really didn't think it would help me as a matter of fact, but when I first went to, I went to my doctor for, oh my gosh, I'd been there so many times. He was a family physician uh, named Dr. Benjamin Dunlap. He is now almost 90 years old and still in good health, by the way. But um, 17 years ago, I went to him to have another boil, Lance. So I was getting boils on my legs, my thighs, my bottom. Uh, it was terrible. And I would have to go to him to have them drained and packed. It was awful. And, yes. Okay. And I'm going to be showing some before pictures of Kelly. And it, it's actually very, very common for people who are severely obese and to, to have just chronic recurrent boils under their armpits, in their groin, uh, under their breasts, anywhere basically that skin touches skin. It's very, very common 
to have these boils. So continue, Kelly. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, it's okay. So I went to him to have yet another one lanced. And I would sometimes, I had one on my leg that was so bad that the day that photo was taken, I was at Bible school, by the way. I don't normally walk around with a puppet. But <laughs> I was leading Bible school and I could barely get up on the stage because I had cellulitis, a big patch around one of these boils. And it was hard to even get up the steps. Age 25. And I went to him again and he said, well, Miss Hogan, we're just going to keep doing this till one of us dies or until you lose 100 pounds. And, and what about this picture, Kelly? What What's the story with this picture? Um, I was at the Biltmore House in Asheville that day. And I just remember feeling really cute that day. But I, wasn't in a, I don't still have a ton of photos because a lot of times when I would get pictures back, I was um, embarrassed. I would get rid of them, and I didn't pose for a lot of photos. But on that particular day, I was just with some friends and and had a photo taken. Um, but the reason that last photo with the puppet was so memorable is because that day I had just come from the doctor, and he had told me, you've got to lose 100 pounds. And that was the day that I cried. And he said, and I said, I don't know how. I've tried. I've tried eating less. I've tried do running. You know, do you know roughly what you weighed in this picture with yes. that 260 pounds. The highest ever. 262. And you're how tall? Oh, um, five eight and a half, almost five nine. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I was I was a pretty big girl. That's it's overweight. Um, and I felt lousy back then. It wasn't just the boils, but I really just didn't. I didn't feel good. And so that particular night, I'd hobbled up on stage and I thought about what the doctor had said. And he had said to me, it's the carbs. Well, this was 2004. And my response was, I've heard of carbs, but I'm not really sure what that means. And so he explained and I said, well, what can I eat? Because he listed so many things that I had been eating. Then he said, no, cereals and pastas. I thought cereal was like the way I had eaten so much cereal because it was fat free. You skim milk like a good girl and couldn't figure out why I was still so overweight. And so he said, you can eat all the meat that you want. And I said, but how many calories? And he's like, I do not care. I literally don't care. And he said, I also don't care if it's your birthday. Just eat meat. You can eat dairy. He did say I could have diet soda. And he said, if I wanted leafy greens or pickles, cucumbers, he said, quote, it won't kill you. Right. Well, I've never been much of a leafy green kind of girl. So I definitely did not lean on the leafy greens. But I was like, steak? Like ribs, chicken wings. You know, I started listing off all the really good ones. Bacon? He's like, yes, yes, have it all. So I thought it was kind of nuts the first time I heard it too. And I called my dad on the way home and I said, wait a minute, I forgot to ask him, are potatoes carbs? And my dad was like, yes, dear. Yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> potatoes are carbs. I was like, yeah. dang. But the rest so of you it got You got this advice yes. from your doctor. I did. And I think I find it ironically hilarious that his name was Dunlap. <laughs> Dunlap. Yes. Because in the South... Yeah, that's what we when we when we say somebody's done suffering from Dunlap, that means their belly Dunlapped over their belt. And uh, so, Kelly, you started this because you were obese, yeah, and you had recurrent bouts of of boils yes. in, in very uncomfortable places. You had re recurrent bouts of cellulitis, yeah, and yes. you said, "Okay, fine, I've tried everything else. What diets had you tried 
that you maybe lost a little, but he came right back and you just failed over and over again. What diets? I want you to name names. Okay. Um, so when I was in high school, I determined that I wanted to be, I wanted to be thin so bad for prom. And so I went on what I invented was the lean cuisine diet. I allowed myself one lean cuisine per day. So this is extreme calorie restriction. And of course I lost weight. Nobody can keep this up. I don't even know how many calories in our lean cuisine. I don't know what 400 maybe I should look. Not many. Yeah. Not many. And, and if I got too hungry, I couldn't take it. I would allow myself one pack of carnation instant breakfast. The end. That's all I did. And I lost weight. And then of course sure. we all know what happens. I got very hungry. I couldn't, you can't live that way. And I, I would binge. This is where binge eating started for me. It almost always for people starts with restriction because your body is trying to survive. It says, oh my gosh, we're dying here. So when we do get food, we're going to eat it all. And I did. I gained back that plus more every time. And I would try this again and again and thought, gosh, what's wrong with me? I went off to college and and I, I had a meal card. It was called a cat card where I went to school and we had buffets. It was basically just all these cafeterias with all you can eat food. And I gained about 50 pounds in college, got married straight out of college, put on some more weight. You know, it just kept going. So I tried a lot of calorie restriction. I did try cutting out meat because everybody says sure. meat is the problem. Um, I never officially joined Weight Watchers, but I paid attention to the numbers on food. Um, low fat. I grew up in a household where my parents were taught fat was bad. So they taught us fat was bad. It was all of the, um, snack wells, all of the snack. Wells. Yeah. There are a hundred calories per serving. So how can you go wrong? Right. Oh, how could I go wrong? Well, I sure did. I ate, I ate lots of them. Um, I guess that's about it. Mostly I was just convinced it was all about fat and just calories. Yeah, exactly. And so Lean Cuisine did not cut it for you. And do you know, did you ever have any, did you ever have an A1C check back then or or any kind of blood work that may have given us a hint that you were developing prediabetes, metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance type 2? So I do not know. I'm sure something was checked at some point. And sadly, all right, this is great news, but bad news. So at my doctor's office, once I was cured from the boils, I stopped going to the doctor. I still went to my OBGYN because I was having babies, but I didn't go back and see this guy for like four years, Dr. Dunlap. I mean, I had yep. a couple of visits. He declared, wow, your blood work. He said, you're now my healthiest patient. Awesome. I didn't get sick. I didn't go to him. Well, he was preparing to retire. He got rid of all of his like stale patients that weren't coming regularly. The files are gone. So I don't wow. know. I still have the last several years because I, I, right. I would go and check in with them, but I don't know. To my knowledge, I didn't have anything. I was never told I was pre-diabetic. I got gotcha. you. Now, we, I've seen this question several times in the comments. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that 13 years ago when you started eating only meat, you thought, well, I better eat the best quality meat in the world. So I'm sure that you started out uh, 13 years ago and you've continued to eat only grass-fed, grass-finished, panda-massaged, non-GMO <laughs> organic uh, meat. Is, is this right? Or yeah, tell us about the, the meat that you ate. Give us some examples of meals. All right. Well, at age 25, I was a very young, newlywed, 
quote-unquote, not quite newlywed, but I was young. I was a teacher. My husband was also a teacher. No, I was eating the cheapest things I could find short of like dollar store hot dogs or something. And I I ate some of those too. I was eating a lot of McDonald's burger patties because I was just busy and it was easy. And I looked it up. I was like, that's literally beef, salt, and pepper. And they'll cook it for me and hand it to me in my car. I don't love cooking. So I did that a lot. Oh, Dr. Barry, like a lot. Almost every day for 10 years, I was eating at least one meal was a pound of McDonald's burger patties. And my blood work was like phenomenal. And a lot of people don't realize, but uh, the big, uh, let's see, what a burger, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, uh, and five guys, they all claim under threat of of lawsuit that their meat is 100% USDA uh, prime. But like they, they, you literally could sue them for fraud if you find out that's not true. And I have to admit very commonly, if I'm in a rush, Nisha and I are headed somewhere. Nisha says hi, by the way, she uh, misses you. Um, if we, we will go through Wendy's or McDonald's. And now one time I made the mistake of getting Big Mac patties because, you know, it says Big Mac. I mean, yeah. you think it's a lot. No, they're literally paper thin. Don't do that. <laughs> Get the quarter pound patties. And I, I get four of those, sometimes with cheese, usually with not. And they're, they're already peppered and salted perfectly. And you can eat those with a little mustard or plain. Uh, is their beef grass finished and non-GMO and organic and panda massage? No, it's not. But, I mean, I can show. Let me show you another uh, before picture of Kelly. That's back when she was eating lots of plants. Yes, it was. I was trying extra hard right then because that photo, though it looks like a funeral, (laughs) I was actually at my engagement, my shower, wedding shower to get married. This was right before I got married. And I remember wearing that dress because it's clearly very flattering. And the dark dark color was fitting. Very strategic. Thank you. And (laughs) I loved that dress. I wore it many times. And looking back, I think, gosh, I really do look like I'm going to a funeral more than my wedding shower. Now, I'm getting a lot of questions about your workout schedule. Again, this is Kelly's before. This is what year, roughly, Kelly? Um, That was 2002, right before we got married, 2002. 2002. So I'm sure that you started soon after this picture. You probably joined the gym and you spent several hours a day working out to try to cancel the bad effects of eating an all meat diet and also to lose weight. Is that what you did? All right. The first few years that I did um, this meat with some pickles. Okay. Meat and pickles. So almost totally carnivore though. I don't completely count those years because I did have some pickles and diet soda. But during those years for about three years, I lost the 120 pounds. And the only thing I was doing was walking. Oh, walking. Okay. Now, two years after that, I decided, you know what? I want to get a little bit of muscle tone. So for about two years out of the past 17, I actually went to the YMCA and I did the elliptical. And I took some classes there. And I worked pretty hard during that two years. But I had already lost a lot of the weight. And then once I started full-blown carnivore, that was 2009, where I I dropped the last of the pickles. And I wasn't drinking diet soda anymore. And I, I consider that like, whoo, full blown, no diet soda at all. I, I have not gone to the gym since. I do walk. I try this silly watch tells me if I've gotten my 10,000 steps and I try to do that. And that's it. 
I love it. I love it. So, so vigorous exercise was not really part of your weight loss regimen. No, it was not. No. Gotcha. And now I've gotten a lot of questions about, well, I'm sure she has a lot of redundant skin, a lot of loose floppy skin. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to throw this picture up. This is a uh, children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, so you guys can see all the redundant loose floppy skin that Kelly has here. Uh, yeah. So um, now, did I at any point I did Dr. Barry because sure. there is no way to lose 120 pounds and not have loose skin. And it's still, I'm not, it's not perfect. You know, that, that picture didn't end up on the cover of any magazine right there. Although you and I both have been on women's world, but I was fully clothed. And so were you. Yes, yes. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I feel like the bikini picture should be on the cover of women's world. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I really do. Thank I really you. do. But that loose skin, it took years. So when I hear people say, well, my loose skin isn't going to go away. I've heard people literally say it's not going to go away. I'm like, you don't know that. That's if right. You have a really, like, if you are not eating the carbs, the sugars, the seed oils, the junk, there is still hope that it could tighten up because it took a long time. And then I kept having babies. So, you know, you get more loose skin. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, now you bring up babies. And so lots of women these days are having trouble yes. with conception, right? They're having trouble getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. And had, did, you, did you notice a pattern of your ability to conceive be before you lost the weight versus yes. after you lost the weight? By, and let's all remember, she lost this weight by eating only meat for 13 years, not from eating a plant, whole foods, plant-based diet, not from eating... Uh, you know, lean cuisine or joining Weight Watcher. She she lost this weight by just eating meat. Or is Kelly frozen? Am I frozen? Are you there, Kelly? I think Kelly's frozen. Kelly, if you can still hear me, um, close out and then uh, use that same link to come back in. And I'm going to show I'm going to show some more of your pictures because everybody's wanting to see. Uh, the, and then I see this question. I'll ask Kelly as soon as she comes back on. <laughs> oh, there you are. There you are. OK, so got, sorry, it, got it. Beautiful. No worries. No worries. We're back now. OK, so somebody C. Jax wants to know, Kelly, uh, how old are you? I'm 43. I'm 43. See, I mean, she looks rough, right? I mean, damn. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I feel like I look 43, but what I feel like is don't compare me to other 43 year olds. Look at how I looked at 25. I can't even imagine, honestly, if I had stayed on the path I was on, what that version of 43 would have looked like. And and I don't have that before and after. Right. I have myself compared to age 25. That's not exactly fair, but I, I don't know. Uh, I think you may be hotter at 43 than you were at 25, but I still contend your husband hit a grand slam. You were cute as a button. No doubt. Thank you. Thank you. But compared to now, I think, I think your 43 year old self would, if you, if you and your 25 year old self went to a singles bar, I think you would get hit on more than your 25 year old self. Well, I would certainly be able to get up and enjoy myself more. That is exactly, true. exactly right. And now here's another before and after. Uh, what was going on with this before picture? Um, I was standing in the hallway of Presley Elementary School where I taught music. And they asked us, I don't remember exactly my age at that point. All of those were fairly close together. I was in, I mean, between 20 and 25. Gotcha. And 
And then in the in the after picture, how old are you here? I don't know. It's pretty nondescript. That's I wear a lot of tank tops and shorts. That's not that old. It's at my last house. We moved here in okay. January. So. so you're probably you're probably in your forties in the after picture. Oh yeah. Yeah. And in your twenties in the before picture. That's so right. I just want people to get a really a, just a, a good concrete sense of what eating only meat for 13 years will do to the human body. It's very concerning. And and I find it very concerning that you got this advice from a, a medical doctor, because you know medical doctors don't get any training in nutrition. Right. in medical school. And so I don't know why you took Dr. Dunlap's advice to start with, because he's a doctor. He doesn't know anything about weight loss, but it, just luckily, coincidentally, his advice seems to have literally turned around your, your health journey. I, I'm, I'm blown away. I wish I could shake the man's hand. Uh, so uh, back to reproduction. Yeah. A lot of women are having trouble with that. They're having trouble conceiving, uh, and I want you to kind of talk about this. Were you eating only meat when you conceived any of your children? Were you eating only meat when you carried your children through pregnancy? Were you eating only meat when you breastfed your children? Because for many people, we've got 3,400 people listening right now. That sounds impossible. They're like, there's no way you could be pregnant and eat only meat. You would have vitamin and mineral deficiencies. There's no way you could Make enough breast milk for your baby if you're eating only meat. Tell us the story of your three pregnancies. Okay. One of the reasons I went full-blown, all-in, high-fat carnivore was because I wanted to get pregnant. By that point, we had been, my husband and I had been married almost eight years, and we really wanted a kid. So all of the first few years, I wasn't eating much meat at all. I was, you know, just dieting and eating a standard American diet, but trying to do low fat. No yep. babies then. Then when I went to Dr. Dunlap's version that he told me what he didn't say, and that's okay. I forgive him 100%. But what he didn't say was fat is really important. So when he told me to eat meat, I didn't truly appreciate that fatty meat was really key. So even then I still didn't get pregnant. I lost weight. But yep. I didn't get pregnant. And yes. so when I discovered some online carnivores in 2009, this is the Charles Washington Zeroing In on Health Group. I said, my real goal at this point is I just want to get pregnant and and I, I want to feel a little bit better. And they said, oh, and I was still having cravings. And they were like, cravings? After you've been doing this for five years? I said, well, <clears throat> yes. And they, they start asking questions. They realize you're still drinking diet soda. I was like, is that bad? <laughs> I didn't know. And they said, well, that's why you have cravings right there. You're drinking something sweet every single day. You're going to keep having cravings forever until you cut that out. So that was the day, October 23rd, 2009. That's when I quit diet soda forever. And that's also when I increased my fat. And that's yes. what they told me. They said, if you want to feel like you are on fire, girl, up your fat. I said, oh, okay. I was a little bit nervous. I did gain about 23 pounds at that point, And that was terrifying. But yep. what they kept saying to me was, you have been, un you haven't been eating enough. You have, you've been avoiding fat. You really need to just eat. This weight is temporary or maybe you need it in order to conceive. I was like, well. Okay. So I went all in and um, I was pregnant. It took about seven months 
and I got pregnant. I stayed carnivore through that pregnancy. About the time my first my child, Julia, turned one, I was pregnant with Thomas, and I stayed carnivore through that pregnancy. And then uh, three and a half years later, Annie was born. So I have three now, and I total breastfed for five years total. Yep. So you guys, let's 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 make this very clear for people. You guys were married, <clears throat> and I assume sexually active. Yeah. Right. Just assuming for how many years uh, while you were overweight or obese and you didn't have any luck conceiving, then when you started the all meat diet, you still didn't have much luck because you were eating very lean meat because that's what your mama told you. Always yeah. cut the part off, right? Yes. But then when you started eating fatty meat, how many years, how many, how long after that before you were knocked up? Okay. I would have been married three years eating carbs. Five years eating a lower fat version of carnivore. And then uh, I started full-blown, full-fat carnivore, like ribeyes and steaks and all that, in October. And I got pregnant in June. Nice, nice, nice. And so conception really wasn't working for you when you were, when you were obese and eating a plant-based diet. And then even when you went, and I'll tell you, Kelly, you're exactly right about the fatty meat. I have women all the time. They're like, I'm still having cravings. I'm never full. I don't, I don't, I have no energy. And so Nisha and I start asking them, what kind of meat are you eating? And invariably, it's always the leanest cuts they can find. They're, they're trimming off all the fat. They're draining all the fat. And it's like, honey, no, stop that. Not only do you need fat to burn for fuel, that's going to help the fatigue, but your body uses that fat to build hundreds of different things, including your hormones, including sex hormones, which are integral if you're going to get knocked up. Yes. They also make every cell membrane in your body has fat in it. It's made of fat. Your brain, your nerves, every all that stuff's made of fat. So the, a lot of people are worried like, well, if I eat a lot of fat, then I'm not going to burn my fat. And that's the thing they don't know is they think that when they eat fat, that's just fuel. And that's not true. Uh, everybody knows we use protein for building blocks. I get that. That, yeah. that seems just to be common sense. Yeah. But many people do not understand that you use fat as a building block for hundreds of different things, including babies and breast milk. Uh, yeah. and so, you, so let's talk. You had no problem through all your three pregnancies. Uh, you, you, and then so now did you breastfeed your babies? A little personal. Yeah. Maybe Kelly will tell us. Okay. Yes. So Julia only wanted breast milk for about a year and then she was over it. Um, no, I'd nursed her from myself for about a year and then I had frozen milk that I gave her for a few months after that. But by 18 months, she was totally off of it and eating food. My son, Thomas, 21 months. And then Annie, two and a half years. I thought that child was never going to wean. And then she finally declared she was done. But yeah. Now, look, so when somebody let me, asked, let's be clear, you breastfed your third baby for, and, and now you kind of had your babies back to back to back. Yes. Right. Which uh, most doctors, if they, if they study human nutrition and reproduction, they know that when you do that, the, the mom is very often nutrient depleted mm -hmm. and second and third kids will sometimes be shorter. They, they'll be uh, less vigorous. That happens. That, that's very common. But somehow you were eating only meat. You were able to have three kids almost back to back to back. And the last one you fed, you breastfed for two and one half years. And you had enough breast milk. This, this beautiful baby didn't starve to death. Interesting. And so obviously now your, your babies today, no, nobody is 
nobody, everybody is wonderful. They're, they're beautiful. They're intelligent. The reason I laughed about the littlest one or the, the youngest being small, she is, she's so tall. She's one of the tallest kids in her class. She runs like 95th percentile on height. Uh, yes, they're all, they're good kids. They're smart. I'm, I'm very, very happy. Interesting. Let's talk about dairy, Kelly Hogan, okay. uh, meat eater for 13 years. Yes. Do you drink milk? Do you eat dairy? What's, what's up with your, what's your take on dairy? All right. I love dairy and I think it can be a wonderful part of a carnivore diet, especially when somebody's trying to get off of carbohydrates. You know, if you need all of the cheese at first, have all of the cheese. But over time, I have found that my skin just looks a little better. My weight stays five to 10 pounds lower if I only have dairy occasionally. So if I go to a party and they've got a charcuterie tray, I'm not opposed to having some, but it's not something I have daily. And I currently say five times a month. And yes, I keep a checklist in my fridge so I can keep myself honest. <clears throat> so about, about five times per month, I'll have dairy. And the rest of the time, I do not. And if right. people ask me, well, how do you get any calcium? Um, right. How do you get your calcium? How do you get your vitamin C? How do you get all that stuff? So for 10 years, I was literally eating burger patties. Now I can say, well, if you want more calcium, you can eat sardines. And I do have some sardines. You and I talked about it on my channel. Yep. Yep. Uh, I enjoy a good can of sardines. And if you get the kind with bones, it actually has as much calcium as a full glass of milk. But I didn't have sardines one single time for 10 years. And when my yep. doctor would do my blood work, calcium levels were perfectly fine. Nothing. <clears throat> nothing. Gotcha. Now Gina's confused, so I'm going to pull pull up one of your before and after pictures. Gina says, "Why? Why no veg? This is why." Gina, <clears throat> on the on the left, she was eating lots of veg. Mm -hmm. On the right, she had been eating only meat for probably ten years at that point, nine, ten, eleven years. Yes. So the reason that she stopped eating the the veg, Gina, is because she had chronic recurrent boils in her skin. She had chronic recurrent cellulitis. She was obese, if not severely obese. I don't know what your BMI was back then, I don't but it, I mean, it looks to me like you were probably severely obese. Let me let me throw up another couple of pictures here for Gina. There's another before and after Gina. That's why she stopped eating the veg. And there's another reason too. Look at I, that picture. Where were you going in that after picture? I didn't even. I I was in a dressing room. I started to say I didn't buy that dress, but yes, I did. I was thinking. Of, I hope you did. I did. I did. I bought that dress. Uh, it was at Kmart, by the way. That's a no. You make that Kmart dress look good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the reason, another reason I do not eat veg at all is I used to have IBS really bad. So I would alternate. Ah, so good. Yes. Let's talk about that. So you used to have irritable bowel. I didn't know that yeah. about you. Back yeah. when you were eating lots of veg, you yeah. had, how severe was your IBS? What were your symptoms? And what did you notice when you changed to a meat only diet? So I would alternate. The women in my family tended to have constipation pretty badly. But then it was like if you weren't completely constipated, then you were running to the bathroom with like stomach cramps and upset stomach. Uh, my mom had always dealt with it. She had taught me like some mind tricks. Like if you tell yourself you're OK and that you can make it to a bathroom, I was like, OK, I had the training. I, I knew what, what to do. My grandmother, bless her, when she had to go to the bathroom, like number two, you knew it was going to be a long time because it was it was an event. Yes. And that's how I grew up, too. And once I cut out all veg completely, it was a non-issue. My, I mean, digestion, just fantastic now. So I think, 
you know, the narrative of you got to have more fiber, more fiber. I was drinking fiber, taking fiber pills. I was trying all of the fiber and it just made it worse. And so looking back now, you can actually see that really the truth of the matter was is that the more fiber you ingested, the worse your bowel health was. Is that is that what you're telling us? That's what I'm telling you, Dr. Barry. That's right. Interesting. That right? sounds highly suspicious. I don't know if we should believe that or not. Do you guys think Kelly's full of crap? I think she's probably not full of crap. That's right. She's a carnivore now and her bowels work perfectly. So Gigablade says, do you drink any vitamins or food supplements? Do you take a bunch of multivitamins or supplements? No, I don't. But I'll tell you that uh, recently, after I talked to you um, back in January, I started adding two drops of the Lugol's iodine. Yes. Most every day. Now, if I have had some sardines, then sometimes I'll think, well, I'm probably good for a day or two. Um, And the reason I started doing that was I was having just a little bit of chest tenderness. When my kids would hug me, they're like right at that height now. I was like, dudes, be easy. And then I realized, I think that's me. I think I'm just a little tender. It took care of it. Just like you said, done, gone. Um, And it, it was partly because I suspect I do. I eat very cheap eggs, very cheap beef. I was not eating fish very often at that point. And and how you described it to me was when we're eating these things where it, you're just not getting iodine. Also, I was using non-iodized salt, so I wouldn't have been getting hardly any. So now yep. I've, I've incorporated sardines, two drops of iodine. And um, Danny Conway, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she has been doing lab work in the keto world for 15 years, and she's a carnivore. Um, she had suggested only a couple weeks ago, I've been doing this, vitamin D just drops in the morning. Yep. So yep. I thought, I'll try that. I, yep. I, I feel just as good as always, but I'm not opposed to the idea. I've never tested low for vitamin D, but. Right. I understand. Now, and now, but now a lot of doctors think as long as your vitamin D is above 30, yeah. that that's perfect. But really it needs to be from 50 to 100. Yeah. Says at least 40. She's like, at uh, least. Totally agree. Totally agree. Now I want to go back for a second. Something you said, <laughs> you said that your, your kids are big enough now that when they, when you hug them, they basically, but they were bumping up against your breast yes. and they were tender. Yes. And so I want every woman listening or everybody listening who loves a woman to listen to this fibrocystic breast disease. And this is not what this is about, but this is so important. It's yes. so undertreated is 99.999% of the time an iodine deficiency. Mm-hmm. So you were, you were starting to have that breast tenderness when somebody would touch them, not, not like punch you in the boob, no. but just a, just a little touch that was painful. What happened after you started ensuring through diet and through your, your Lugols that you were getting enough iodine? What happened to your breast tenderness at that point? Oh, it didn't even take a week, like 48 hours. I could tell a difference. I was like, oh, okay, great. And I honestly, I didn't let that go along at all. As soon as I figured something was going on, I scheduled a, a talk with you because I had heard you mention breast tenderness and iodine. And I was like, we need to talk about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and It's I a big deal. It. Yes. Millions of women suffer from fibrocystic breast disease or just overly tender breasts that have not been diagnosed by their doctor. And iodine, either eating the iodine rich foods that I talk about in my YouTube video about that, or using one or two drops of Lugol's 2% of one or two drops, not one or two droppers full. No. 
that that the breast tenderness is, was gone. What did you say? A few days or a week? Yeah, I, I think it was like 48 hours, but definitely it was less than a week. I ordered it the very day you talked to me about it and it came quickly, um, maybe two days. And then I started yeah. it. And so it was less than a week after our conversation. It was gone. Gotcha. Cyrus says he's having electrolyte problems on yeah. the carnivore diet. What would you recommend? Uh, especially if somebody is a new carnivore and they're just adapting. I do see people who feel um, lethargic if they don't take some electrolytes. I always recommend unsweetened, especially if you're trying to get rid of a sweet craving. But, you know, LMNT or a company that doesn't have any sweeteners in it, you can make your own. And I have done it at home. Yep. Um, the uh, snake juice type recipes yeah, absolutely. and, you know, just a really cheap. You can order those packets too. do. I think it's something everybody has to do forever. Well, I have only done it a few times ever had some electrolytes and it happens to be like right now it's really hot. I don't know about where you are. Very it's hot. hot. And if I sweat a lot, then I'll just have, um, I have a two liter bottle of water where I put in some Redmond salt and a little bit of the edible Epsom salt for the magnesium and no salt for the potassium, about a tablespoon of each. And then I'll just take a few sips on that throughout the day just to ensure that I'm not, you know, losing too much in sweat. I love it. That's an excellent plan. So Cronker wants to know if you've ever walked in front of a mirror or a, uh, a, a window and went like, who is that hottie? And then you realize <laughs> that it was you. And I'm going to put your before picture back up. Okay, so that, that picture, people, by yeah. the way, I was on a cruise ship because it was my honeymoon. Oh, honeymoon, yeah. So Such I was very, beauty. I was very happy. And twenty-four, I was going to be twenty-four in less than a month in that picture. Um, it was a good day, but I remember thinking, as my brand new husband took my photo, I just felt very insecure in that yeah. moment. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know if you can tell, but I had pretty bad acne too. You can kind of see it there. I was on Accutane, had pretty bad acne issues that have cleared up with diet. Also, yeah, you can see I'm pretty splotchy there. Yeah, and, and I yep. was it looks like you tried to do a little cover up, but didn't do a great job. That's right. I tried real <laughs> hard actually, because you know, newlywed, I, I really wanted to be adorable. Well, let's talk about that. We've talked about other skin problems. Let's talk about acne. What was your experience with acne on a plant-based diet? And then how did that change when you transitioned to eating only meat for the last 13 years? How, is your, how did your skin change and how has it been? So the acne issue improved a lot even before I went high fat, but even better after that. So even for the five years when I cut out the carbs and just ate meat, even with diet sodas, I, I still had much better skin. I wasn't pregnant, so it didn't fix everything. It needed right. fat for some things, but the skin issue that cleared up a lot. And I went off of all medicine at that point. As for the Crunker uh, question about walking past the mirror, Dr. Barry, I was about 260 pounds in all of my dreams until even the last couple of years. So you're telling me five years ago, even though you look like you do now, when you yes. dreamed about yourself, you look like this before picture. And yes, C4 Black, that is the same person. Yes. yes. And I would wake up almost every single, I don't dream frequently, so it wasn't every day, but every time I would have a dream, I would wake up and re again, be almost startled when I would look in the mirror, like, because I never, it took, I mean, it took several years for my brain to catch up. 
That's that's amazing. Now, you said the word brain, so I'm going to segue off that. Let's talk about your mental health. And I'm not necessarily talking about mental health diagnoses. You may have had some, I don't know. But I'm talking about just your self-esteem, your 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 positive mental attitude or negative mental attitude. How did those things change as you transition from eating a plant-based diet? That's effectively what you were eating to eating only meat for 13 years. How did how did your mental health change? Uh, so there was a definite difference when I, I cut out the carbs the first time. It improved mental health. I used to have a lot of anxiety. Um, obviously, a whole lot of well, I had a lot of self-esteem issues that were tied to body image as well. And some of that improved just by losing some weight. Like, oh, people would tell me, gosh, you're looking good. So that helps them. But I still had the anxiety when I added more fat to my diet. <laughs> tremendous calm. They call it the zero carbs in the ZC's in. I felt that I felt so much more peaceful. And Dr. Perry about it's probably been eight weeks ago. Now I went to my parents' house and they had put some ribs in the air fryer and they looked not saucy. And my mom said, now I did put just a little bit of, she named a barbecue sauce. She said, but there's no sugar in it. I said, Oh, you know, it's your mama. I was trying to be easy to please. Right. And, and I ate some of those ribs. I woke up that night with the first bout of anxiety, deep anxiety to the point of like, everybody hates me. I'm doing nothing with my life. I was awake during the night for hours, had leg cramps for the first time in years. And I looked at the bottle the next day, two things, soy and wheat flour. I had gluten. I was poisoned. It was awful. So I tell people, if you are still suffering with anxiety and depression and you are having gluten, that is a major trigger. And soy is for a lot of people too. Oh yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. So did you ever take prescription medication for anxiety in the past? No, I did not. No. Okay. You just, you just dealt with it. I did. I just thought, you know, pull, it, pull yourself together. <laughs> yep, and I could, yep. like, I could, I could go to work. I wasn't having to miss work for it, but I would have to like psych myself up. Um, I was a teacher, so I knew I was going to go in front of all these kids. I had to really, it, it was a struggle. How many times through the years has a student said, uh, "Miss Hogan, you're my favorite teacher"? How many hundreds <laughs> of times have you heard that? Do not lie. I was the music teacher for 21 years. Music teacher, of course, they like the music teacher. It's the most fun subject <laughs> ever. I love it. So I've got two questions here. Okay. Somebody said, what would you recommend? They've been on carnivore for a while and now they're, they're, they're still, they still have weight to lose uh -huh. and their weight loss has stalled. Also, I saw a couple of people said they tried carnivore and they gained five or 10 pounds right yeah. off the bat and it spooked them and they, they, they stopped it. So how would you answer these two people? Okay. Well, I've got a little list that I sometimes go through with people. So first of all, if you are brand new carnivore and you have been restricting calories for a long time and now you are eating you might gain like i did when i went all in and your body might just need it because it's hoarding every little bit can get and it will not do that forever as long as you continue to give yourself a steady supply of nutrients also plateaus and gains are all part of normal weight loss it, it tends to go up and down it's not like I steadily lost this 120 pounds. I definitely had some plateaus and times when I gained a little and then lost and gained. It's normal. Do you um, remember, I'm sorry, Kelly, do you remember what the longest plateau or weight loss stall was roughly? No, I really don't. But I just remember it was, I, I remember feeling frustrated. 
like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is all I'm going to lose. And it was like, well, that's pretty good. And I would just stick with it and it would start again. You know, definitely wasn't just a few days or probably even a few weeks. But I remember at times thinking this is probably just what it's going to be. And then it wasn't. Stick with it. Okay. So, you know, you can tweak macros. If I ask somebody, do you think you're eating leaner or, you know, they give me an idea of what they're eating, then I can say, okay, if you haven't tried high fat carnivore, try that. If they're eating all of the butter sticks, all right, let's try something else then. Let's try not grilled chicken breast for heaven's sakes, never the grilled chicken breast, but you know, burger patties maybe would definitely get it more to a 70% of calories from fat versus all the butter, you know, 90, 80%. So you can tweak around with macros. Um, you can reduce your cortisol by doing things we hear about all the time now. Getting good sleep, getting more sun, getting a hobby, talking it out, walking around barefooted on the grass, doing some deep breathing, some walks, gentle movement. Sometimes that helps people. Um, if you feel like you're an overeater, and there are people with insatiable ap- appetites, and that has always been me, um, you can have a little less variety in your diet. And I know that seems crazy because we're already just eating meat, but even like less variety of meats tends to help people get in touch with hunger cues. So that's one reason I did burger patties for so long. Like I knew if I was hungry and people would say, does that not get boring? Never. If I'm hungry, it was only boring if I was bored and just eating at like mouth hunger or eating out of boredom. So if you decrease some variety, it can help you get in touch with that more. Um, some people say increasing vitamin D, there is some research showing that it can help with the weight loss stall, either mm-hmm. by getting lots of sun or vitamin D supplement. Um, if you are under eating, there are chronic lots of chronic under eaters out there who tell me they are stalled and I have them fill out a TDEE, a total daily energy expenditure calculator. And it tells them you should be eating 2000 calories. And I say for a few days, just find out what are you eating? They journal it to find out it's 1200. Well, if you are eating 800 calories below the TDEE and you are not losing weight, and typically these are the same people who end up with thyroid issues, hair loss, poor sleep, no libido, you are an under eater. So they will need to slowly increase to bring it up close because your body is going to hang on to it all and never let go of any body fat if you do that. Absolutely. Um, Now, I'm going to throw up a a before picture here. Keep talking, Kelly. This is Kelly Hogan. She's been eating only meat for 13 years for you people joining late. This is her before picture. This is when she was in her 20s. She's now 43 beautiful years old. And so uh, continue, Kelly. I'm sorry. I just wanted people to know who you were and why you think you have the audacity and the authority to run your mouth like you're a doctor or dietitian or something. Yeah, I I know. I tell people all the time, I am just a normal lady who is so excited about how I have felt for the last uh, really 12 years, but even the few years before that, um, that I just can't stop talking about it. So it's not that I have authority. I'm just very excited about it. Um, And then if somebody has, um, they can't lose weight and they may have, some people suffer from volume addiction. So what I tell them is if you want to make sure to get all of the fat that your body needs, so maybe you determine that in order to not be constipated, in order to feel happy, in order to all of these things, you need, I don't know, 120 grams of fat, but you get all of your calories in and then you're still feeling like, but I want to feel really full. Then you can have some leaner meats for the rest of the day to get like that stretch, but get your fat and your protein, get your fat first. I I really feel like that's very important. 100%. 
to make sure you get your fat in. And then if you want to just stuff yourself silly on some shrimp and, and leaner meats, go for it. Because some people really do have a volume addiction where they get that dopamine hit from just feeling super full. And so then they may end up really eating more than their body actually can utilize. Even on meats, it, it doesn't, it's not normal. It's not common. I should say when most people cut out the carbs and they just eat meat and animal products, most people are just going to lose weight, but there are the people who crave tons of volume and that can be helpful to them. <gasps> Hello, Nisha and baby blue. Hi. Yeah. This is what happens when you <laughs> when you eat a lot of meat. That's it, right there. The same thing happened to me, and it's pure perfection. You look fabulous, darling. Thank you, thank you. I'm just nothing in the world like a new baby. Nothing. You got that right. You got that right. I'm so happy for y'all. Thank, thank you, you so much. Somebody, somebody asked Kelly, "What? I'm they're 50 and they're a diabetic, and their question was, can somebody like me do this carnivore diet thing? Somebody like." them really should in my opinion do that yes more than i mean truly you can get away with a whole lot for some people i didn't but some people get away with a lot in their 20s and 30s and then it can really start to catch up in 50s and 60s if you don't want to end up on all kinds of diabetes medications or losing limbs and yes i would suggest get a grip on it now in your 50s the 50s yeah. is what the new 40 right Look, yeah 50s young 58 wow. old trust me but it can uh, I'm, I'm 53. She's 43. I promise you, neither one of us act old. No. Uh, just ask our spouses if you don't believe us. Yeah, no, we don't act old at all. Uh, 40s, the new 20, 50s, the new 30. If you, if you, if any of you guys listening, if you suffer from prediabetes, type two diabetes, even type one diabetes, LADA, MODY, any of those uh, diabetic issues, you 100% need to convert to a carnivore diet. Now, if you're a, a type one diabetic or an LADA and you have to inject insulin, you need to come at this slowly with the help of your doctor over two or three months. But if you're just a type two diabetic and you're taking pills or you're not taking pills, you can start carnivore and convert to, to just meat only over a week or two. And immediately you'll start to reverse your type two diabetes and reverse your overweight or obesity, reverse your fatty liver, lower your blood pressure, reverse your metabolic syndrome. I could just go on and on and on, Kelly Hogan. Uh, somebody asked about skin tags. Back when you were yeah. uh, severely obese, did you were did you have skin tags and did they change at all when you went to a meat-only diet? Yes, I did have quite a few. I have one left. Just one. Same for me. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like my one last reminder that I, the rest just like we're able to like pick, just came off. Yeah, came exactly. Off. It's yeah. very common. Very common. Uh, more than likely the skin tags, they're, they're definitely genetic, right? You pray, you're probably like me. You're from skin taggy, moly people and you're just going to have a few. But back when I was, when I was severely obese, I had skin tags on my eyelids. I had them under my arms. I had them in other places we won't go into. But now that I've been a carnivore, well, first of all, keto for seven years, carnivore now for almost four I've got one tiny little skin tag left on my whole body. And I used to have, honestly, probably 25 or 30. Wow. Okay. I never counted mine. I know I probably just had several, but again, I was in my twenties. I don't think I, I probably didn't have more than say eight, but now I've yeah. got just one. 
Yep, that's perfect. That's a great victory. Okay, let's talk about some common. So if you guys don't know, this is Kelly Hogan. She has been eating only meat for the last 13 years, and she did not die. She did not develop scurvy. She did not develop any vitamin or mineral deficiencies. She conceived, she, she carried, and she delivered three beautiful, healthy babies, and she breastfed all three of those while eating only meat. So there's a lot of myths out there, Kelly, as you know, uh, in, the, in, in low carb and paleo. Oh, you've got to have this, this plant for breast supply or this herb for breast supply. And in fact, everything you need to make the most luxurious, nutritious breast milk on the planet is to eat lots of fatty meat, have a lot of skin to skin contact with your baby nurse on demand and naked skin to skin as many hours a day as you can. That's and drink lots of water and get plenty of salt. Like literally that is the formula for making the best breast milk in the world. Uh, it's, that went for Nisha. That went for all three of your pregnancies. And there, but there's so many women that are very worried because they've heard all this advice. Oh, I've got to eat rutabagas or I've got to eat mangoes or I've got to eat this for my breast supply. All that stuff is foolishness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, none of that is necessary. What's your take uh, do you eat liver, Kelly Hogan? I want to know. Do you? How often do you eat liver? Okay, so in 2020, I I had heard for the last few years at that point, liver all the way. Liver is so important. I was like, ugh, I have never even eaten liver. Well, I did as a little kid because my grandma would fry it and fix it, but never as an adult had I eaten liver at all. And in 2020, in the fall, I said, okay, I'm going to try. A month of liver and I said if it goes well I'll go longer and I was eating beef liver chicken liver I had tried raw frozen beef liver I was trying a liver pate uh, Vanessa Spina has a great bacon liver pate yes. every, day, every day I made sure to at least have one spoonful if not you know an ounce or so of liver as this experiment well at first I thought I was catching a cold which is unusual for me. I was like, gosh, I just, you know, I'm wiping and I'm sniffing and my eyes are getting watery. It's like, it almost feels like allergies. Then by the end of 30 days, I felt so bad. And I have to tell you, Dr. Barry, liver tastes awful to me. Awful. Now there are some people who tell me liver tastes good to them. And so to which I say, okay, enjoy right it's part of the animal if you love it you feel great but when it tastes when it touches my mouth and i am not a picky eater it tastes like rancid all the ways i kept trying it now the uh, liver bacon pate there's bacon so it was doable all sure. right at the end of 30 days i felt really bad so i called it off i said i did it done month over and within 48 hours i felt like myself I've, I've come to, I really think, and I've surveyed in my, my groups that I do, do y'all eat liver? There are some people who crave it, and there are some people who cannot, it can't touch their tongue. They hate it so much. And yep. I think our gut-brain-tongue connection is so strong that yep. if you love it, you probably need it. And if you abhor it, you probably don't. Yep. Now, and I think that's probably right. Once you've converted to a proper human diet, you've given your body time to adjust to it, time for the inflammation to get better. Uh, our good, uh, my good friend and yours too, Amber O'Hearn, she will go for months and despise liver. 
but then all of a sudden she'll start to crave it and she'll eat it for two or three days. Then she'll despise it again for two or three months. And I think once you've removed all the inflammatory foods, all the foods that confuse your hormones and confuse your immune system and your body gets to calm down and relax and you can actually hear your body's feedback. I think you're exactly right. The gut brain tongue connection, that's very, very important. And you can actually listen to it and use it as meaningful feedback. Now, again, Kelly Hogan, I'm getting lots of questions about loose skin. Now this is Kelly Hogan. Uh, This is her before and after she and this is after she how much total weight did you lose kelly 120 pounds 120 pounds and she birthed three kids yeah and this after picture that is her what two years ago that was her body after losing over 100 pounds and having three kids so if you guys are worried about loose skin first of all loose skin won't kill you loose skin of course you don't want that but it's my contention that if, if you have some degree of daily intermittent fasting, which you either do consciously or maybe it just happens, you're going to, through the process of autophagy, you're going to shrink that loose skin to some degree. Some people like Kelly are very fortunate. She really, her autophagy was strong, like the force was strong with that one. And she just she just ate up and, and digested, auto-digested and got rid of all that loose skin that she had to have had at one point. Now, this is a very slow process. A lot of people will be like, well, I've been carnivore for three months and I still got all this loose skin. And I'm like, look, the only way you're going to get rid of loose skin fast is to go see the plastic surgeon. That's the only fast way. Carnivore and intermittent fasting to some degree, that's going to take many months to do for for it to to auto digest that skin. Or years. I mean, really, a few years. If you're talking about 120 pounds and a few babies. But I had I did not need to go have any type of cold, you know, they've got like these cold burn fat off, loose skin, skin removals. I did not have to do that. I couldn't have, even if I had wanted to, and it was tempting, I did not have the budget for any of that. Um, so time, time and a lot of meat. And also it won't be as bad as if you starve yourself, like on Biggest Loser, how they literally starve themselves because I had so much protein the entire yes. way. So I didn't yes. have to like catabolize myself to do it. I, I continued to eat. I love it. I love it. That's such brilliant advice. So Tracy wants to know, she currently, currently Tracy, she hates the texture of the fat. Yes. Uh, so, so what would you recommend for Tracy? And and I want to know, did you, when you first started trying to eat the, the fat, did you, was it kind of yucky for a minute? Yeah, there was a time where in my family, you trimmed all that off and trashed it. You don't eat that. Oh my gosh. Um, and, and some fat is grisly. You know, you occasionally get, I don't particularly love New York strips because that fat on there is kind of tough. Now ribeye fat now. So Tracy, just because you don't love it right now, you might say in a year or two, if you were to do carnivore for a while, tastes do change. But even if you always hate it, you can always take um, take the fat, uh, cut it up into little bits. You can either air fry it or put it in a skillet, get it nice and crispy. You can add butter. You can take rendered bacon fat and smear that on your meat. There are ways to do it without eating what some people describe as like globby. I yep. get that. I get that. Um, but, you know, if it's crisped up really nice in a skillet or air fryer, it's pretty pretty tasty to most people. Oh, hundred percent. And I'll have to admit, Kelly, when I first started doing this, I didn't love fat. Okay. Okay. But I knew, 
I had done the research on the physiology and the actual nutrition content. I'm like, dude, you need to shut that up and grow up and eat fat. Okay. It's good for you. And so I would make myself, I would take a tiny little, like if it had a big fat strip on it, I would take my knife and cut just maybe a one centimeter cube. And then I would mix that with a big bite of lean meat. And and I kind of had to train myself, but now I totally agree with you. If if a ribeye is if it's seared just right, or you've made it crispy in the air fryer, holy, I would rather have the fat than the lean. Oh yeah, for sure. My kids all came out of the womb, I think, craving fat. They love it so much. When they were little, we called it the squishy, and they would yep. say more squishy, squishy. <laughs> And if you don't like fat, I think it was Tracy. That's probably like, oh my gosh. But if you're, a, if you love and crave the fat, like Dr. Yeah. Barry and I do, then you get it. All the squishy. Yeah. For some of us, it is a learning process and that there's many tricks that people do to get the fat. Some people go so far as to freeze the fat, cut it up and put it in little gelatin capsules and take it as a capsule until they, their body gets used to it. There's a thousand tricks but the tr what what the take home message is is the you never trim off and throw away the fat. Do not do that. That fat is good for you in hundreds of ways. Figure out a way. Slowly transition so that you're eating the fat. The fat is is really for many of us the, the healthiest part, at least for a while on this journey. Now Kelly Hogan yes. has been eating only meat for 13 years, and this is what she looks like now. Let me throw up that. Let's throw up this before and after so everybody sees this, okay? That's before when she was eating a plant-based diet. The picture after was two years ago. She's 43 years old now of eating of eating only meat for 13 years. Um, and so Beth says, Kelly, do you ever want to eat pies or cookies ever? I sometimes have a hard time. What, what, what do you say about cravings like that? All right. So during the five years where I was eating meat, but still having diet soda and some sugar-free jello. So it said zero carbs, right? Zero carbs, but artificial sweeteners. Beth, I wanted cookies and pie all day, every day. It was a fight. I did not eat them, but I wanted them desperately. It was yeah. just, oh my gosh, the cravings. Once I got rid of all sweet taste, I will not even chew sugar-free gum. I will not have a TikTok because the switch was turned off. And if you've ever struggled with a sweet tooth and the switch goes off, you do not turn it back on. <laughs> it's the greatest freedom of all time. And I was so addicted before that now I, there is no cookie or pie on earth that would be worth turning that back. It's just, it's part Beautifully because, said. Beautifully it's part, said. Thank you. It's partly because I feel so much better, but it is really that sugar craving switch. So if you can ever get it off, you yeah. will understand, Beth. You will not want to go near it again. It's not that I didn't love it. It's I loved it so much. And now I'm free from it. And I tell people, I'll say, like, Beth, do you ever sit around craving cocaine? And most people are like, uh, no. Because, no, it's not in your system. And I don't sit around craving cookies and pie because it is so far out of my system that it's as funny to me as if I were to sit around and go, man, I just wish I had some cocaine right now. I don't. Yeah, I never I never say that. It's funny, right? It's funny. Now, so I've got a couple of questions like, don't you find this diet very restrictive? Okay. And I put your before and after picture back up. And I want you to talk about feeling restricted. Yes. Now, so now you, this beautiful woman at 43 years of age, and then we have a picture of you when you were 23 years old and 250 pounds. Yeah. 
Do you feel more restricted now on your meat only diet or did you feel more restricted when you were 23 and eating pretty much whatever they wanted? Talk about restriction. So I'll tell you that in high school, when I would restrict calories, I felt very restricted. I was incredibly hungry. Um, if you weren't here at the beginning of this, I was eating one lean cuisine per day and then binge episodes because I had to just get some calories in and I would lose control. Okay, then fast forward to then in my 20s when I was obviously losing control more than I was restricting. What was restricting me then was the boils, the weight, my self-confidence, the sugar cravings, trying all day to keep from eating more sugar. So it's like I was all the time going, oh, you've had too much. Well, I just want one more. Yeah, but it was this mental tug of war that is exhausting. That was constant restriction even though i didn't look in that picture like i was restricting i was just bad at it i was mentally <laughs> no, no you weren't bad at it no no you weren't i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna contradict you okay what you were trying to do back when you were in your 20s you were trying to semi-starve yourself yeah permanently yes and think about that. all you guys everybody listening all 4,431 of you guys think about that if I locked an animal in a cage and it's supposed to get a thousand calories a day, whatever kind of animal, and I only gave that animal 400 calories a day, yeah. I'm starving that animal. That is cruelty. Yes. That is that is suffering. That animal is literally suffering on a daily basis. How long is it going to be? That Two things are going to happen. Either that animal is going to get so hungry, it's going to break out of that cage and go find something to eat, or it's going to die. Yeah. And so, so many people are beating themselves up and I don't want to hear it. No, you were, you were not a failure. You, what you were, what you were was you were misled yeah. by all the mainstream media, by, by Jenny Craig and Lean Cuisine and Weight Watchers. They were trying to say, oh, you just need to eat less and move more. You need to calorie restrict for the rest of your life. Yes. So, so it, another way of saying that is, oh, you should just starve yourself for eternity. Oh, That's really yeah. what they were telling you to do. That is idiotic. That is sadistic. That's yeah. cruel. No human on the planet has enough willpower to starve themselves for the rest of their lives. And so you were not a failure. You were just following the wrong idiotic advice. Thank and it's you. only when you got excellent advice from Dr. Dunlap that you said, oh, okay, so I have permission now to just eat lots of meat. And 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 so she started eating only meat. And for after 13 years, this is what happened, guys. Take a good look at this. This is this is very important. And so this doesn't feel restrictive to me at all. Right. There are boundaries. There are boundaries that I know I can't cross because I don't want to be re-addicted again. I don't want to be obese again. I don't want to be inflamed again. I do not want boils again. Those things were true restrictions. And now I just have some food rules that keep me safe and healthy. And I can eat unlimited amounts of food that is actually delicious. I love my food. I love somebody asked, what do I eat most days? I still eat a lot of burger patties. I eat flanking ribs for yep. my give us a day. Give us a, a typical day, Kelly Hogan. What's a typical okay. day for Kelly Hogan? If I wake up and I am really hungry, then when I, so every single morning I scramble eggs for my kids. And if I am also really hungry, which is not most days, but I will throw five eggs in there for myself and have that with some butter. Most days I am not hungry for until about 1130 at 1130 ish noon. I have about a pound of meat is what it takes me to feel like done satisfied. I could 
eat more than that. But I also know I'm going to eat again at dinner. So a pound of meat is like, good. I feel happy. I do not think about food again until dinner comes. When dinner comes, I eat another pound of meat and I call it a day. It, that's literally it. Now, I'll say this. The pound thing is um, silly if you think about different meats, though. So if I were going to eat pork belly, I could not eat a pound of pork belly and then another pound of pork belly. I'm sorry, but that is that is about 5,000 calories. I can't hold that much. Yep. If it were a leaner meat, if I was having chicken thighs, it's going to probably take more than a pound. But if I'm eating like a 70-30, that's burger patties and some, you know, a cheaper steak. I don't always eat ribeye, but even ribeye, I can handle a pound. And if it's a fatty ribeye, I'll probably only need half a pound for dinner. Yep. So now I'm going to let you get to your dinner. I know it's getting cold. I'm very sorry. I, I, I apologize profusely. Chocolate wants to start this. What would you, what are your beginner steps? Uh, step one, step two, step three. What should chocolate do to start with a meat only diet? Okay. If, if this person, if chocolate is eating a lot of chocolate, I'll maybe start with that. Get First, out. change your handle. Yes. That's going to be very triggering and hard to, to work mm-hmm. with. Um, and while you're getting rid of the handle, also get rid of the junk in the house, if at all possible. I know some people might have a roommate or a spouse who says, you are not throwing out my ice cream, but maybe plead with them and say, look, I'm going to try to do something really big here. And it's going to take maybe a couple months for me to feel safe in my own home if it is here. So put it away, take it to work, lock it in your trunk. We've got to get it out of the house for a while. Bring in all of the animal products, anything that sounds appealing and quick and easy to grab. So I would recommend keeping a lot of cooked burger patties in the fridge, cooked bacon, hard boiled eggs, scrambled eggs, butter, make omelets, cook chicken wings, get an air fryer, get an air fryer and, and then cook all of the meats and make it as simple as you can because you are truly breaking an addiction for most people that I work with, at least. Um, There are some addiction strategies out there, some coping mechanism, visualization, picture what you truly want and why you are doing this. Some meditation and breath work can calm your brain because when you're having a craving, it feels like your brain is on fire, lit up like a Christmas tree. There are some ways to utilize that dopamine during a craving in order to do some addiction transference. So I teach a lot of strategies about how to utilize that anticipatory dopamine, getting some support, whether it's free support, uh, immerse yourself on YouTube videos and podcasts, watch all of Dr. Barry's channel, maybe mine too. And then, then what else could they do? Make sure you're getting enough fat. Do not go yes. hungry. I would do not, not portion control. Do not portion control. Do not portion control. Eat. Really eats like it's your job, especially in the beginning. And then you'll start to, and you know, you'll start to figure out, am I truly hungry? Am I not in the beginning? I would not even care. I would just eat the meat. I love it. Now, Kelly, I'm going to let you get to your dinner. I've got all of Kelly's links to her YouTube channel. She has a coaching program. There's a link in the show notes below. If you need a coach, you can tell she's a great coach. Uh, She was hundreds of students' favorite teacher before she retired from teaching, and she can be your favorite health transformation coach. There's a link below also to her Instagram. Kelly, wrap this up for us, and anything that's on your heart that you feel like you need to share with these folks, and then I'm going to let you go eat your dinner. Okay, and I'm fine. I'm fine on the dinner part. It's good. Um, 
if you are feeling overwhelmed with desperation right now, if you're out there and you feel like your goal is too great, your pain is too bad, that is actually, that's money right there. Because one of the greatest keys to making a change is the pain that will inspire it. There's your motivation. Embrace that. Be like, oh my gosh, but this is huge. This is insurmountable. No, no, it's not. It's just going to inspire some change. Second thing you need is some motivation and you're here you're hearing, oh my gosh, this is a possibility. Maybe it's, maybe it's the carbs. It is, it's the carbs. Um, third thing is you need some hope. And that if I do nothing else, I hope I give somebody like some measure of hope that just the way things are today doesn't mean they have to always stay that way. And if you are desperate and in pain and you have some knowledge, a little bit of just an idea of something to try and you have hope that it just might work, then throw on top of it a sprinkle of some support, maybe some YouTube videos for more education, you know, other things that might be helpful. But those three things, you are on your way to your own most amazing success story. That's that's literally what it takes to have change. And, you know, find somebody else who also believes in you, even if they don't completely believe in exactly what you're doing, because I did not have many people for a long time who believed in what I was doing, but they at least... They at least believed in me and tell them, look, I just need your support because I want to try something and maybe a little encouragement can go a long way. But hope abounds. If you are listening to this, hope abounds. I don't care yes. what your age is, your weight is, how many things you have tried. This could be the thing and you'll never know until you give it a good go. Absolutely. And I want you to I want to close with your before and after picture. If if you guys listening, all 4,300 of you, if you currently feel like I don't I don't have any hope for ever changing my health, ever getting rid of type 2 diabetes, ever getting rid of all this extra weight, ever getting rid of these skin problems, these boils, this eczema, this psoriasis, this acne. Look at this before and after. She probably didn't have much hope back when she was in her 20s some days. But now I think that you can tell from this interview that she is nothing. She is she is the definition of hope now. She is a bullion. She's she's effervescent. She's happy. She's contented. She's complete now. She is a she is the true Kelly Hogan that should have been on this planet for all these years. But we've only had access to this brilliant Kelly Hogan since Dr. Dunlap told her 13 years ago, stop eating the carbs, just eat the meat. And so if you'd like to one day, listener, listen to me, if you'd like to one day have an after pick, and it may not be a picture, it may just be your mental health before and after or your relationship before and after, or if it's maybe that your picture before and after, if you'd like to one day be able to look back at your before picture, you got to do something about what you're currently doing and what you're, what you're currently eating. That's where it starts. It starts with the food. So I've got all of Kelly's links down below. If she touched your heart, and I know she did a few of you guys, go and follow her forthwith. She has a coaching program. If you if you fall in love with her on this live and you'd like to work with her, there's a link in the show notes below. Kelly Hogan, I know Nisha and I love you to the moon and back. Thank you so much for doing this with, uh, with me today. Um, final, final thought. I love you both too. Thank you so much for letting me do this with you too. Um, it's a true honor. Ah, it, the honor's all mine. You've been to carnivore for way longer than me. Ladies and gentlemen, Kelly Hogan, her links are down below. Thank you so much, my good friend. I'll see you next time. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.
All righty then. What do you think of that? <laughs> Somebody jump in with a comment. Come on. Did everybody go to sleep? Hmm. Okay. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you what. There's a little bit of a difference. If I saw those two people standing side by side, I'd never know one was the same as the other. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And uh, what a transformation. That, um, there, when her mom was cooking some ribs, I had to run to the other room real quick. And and then something about she felt bad later that night. I was trying to... Yeah. What <laughs> there was, uh, she said there was some barbecue sauce on it, but mom said, but there's no sugar in it. Well, she felt crappy, so the next morning she looked at the label and it had soy and wheat flour. Oh. So she was carbolated or uh, <laughs> glutenated, and it yeah. really got to her. But after, you know, cleaning things Ooh. up for a day or so, she felt better. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I missed that was. But, and as far as doing fats, uh, butter and coarse fat on the meat. Animal fat. Any animal fat. Mm -hmm. You know, butter, lard, um, cream, milk, cheese, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she said she only does dairy about five times a month. I heard that. Yeah, that's, you know, for her particular, um, you know, and everybody's got a, their body, you know, our bodies are alike in the biology, but they're different in, based on, you know, it could be blood type, could be, uh, Things that you grew up with could be related to nutrient deficiencies when your mother was pregnant with you. There's any number of things that could make you uh, tolerate or intolerant to certain things. And you just have to listen to your body and see what um, what's right for you. In her case, five times a month roughly is, is something that she can do. And, you know, uh, other people might be able to do dairy all the time. So it's yeah. just, you know, it's just a matter of figuring it out. Um, th the one big thing that I got from this is they clearly are not familiar with Dr. Wallach's work. And they have no idea that you cannot get everything that you need in the form of nutrients from any diet. Um, it's just not there. So yeah, what would really, and this has been the same thing for... Um, uh, the the ketogenic diet. The only way to safely do that on a continual basis is by supplementing with nutrients. Um, there's no way around it, and this is the same way. To you know, if if she had been doing the the ninety ninety along with the meat, I think she would be in even better shape. Uh, but yeah. it's hard to it's hard to argue with what she's got going on there. Yeah. But. Um, uh, I saw a posting, and I hadn't had a chance to look into it, but I saw a thing on, um, uh, it was his, uh, Dr. Barry's wife, Nisha's um, YouTube channel, I think, and something about him having surgery. And I was going to try and find that so I could get an idea what that was all about. Um, and let me see if I can find that. There we go, Nisha Barry. And it was, there it is. Uh, and this was a year ago. This is my dad, Chuck Norris. Okay. 
They say he doesn't do push ups, he pushes the earth down. But blows me stuff so until we get past the ads here. There we go. Let me um, share this real quick. I kid you not. It's funny, right? I think it's very funny. Funny ironic or funny ha ha? Yes. Good of an actor. Stop it. <laughs> Stop that. Are you excited? I mean, I'm excited for what hmm. comes after. I'm not well, sure if it's Sharon or not. It I should mean, you be. You wear a sweatshirt and sweatpants. Mm. I feel like you should be yeah. doll up for me. Today. You have a sweatshirt. You should be all dolled up. <laughs> I'm not wearing sweatpants. I'm wearing Spanx leggings, actually. And they look like leather leggings, huh. so let's not... Wait, I don't know what it's doing here. <laughs> I'm clicking on it to share it, and it's like not. I'm going to stop it and share it again. Well, it's looking like yeah. fluffing up. Nothing's working the way it's supposed to for some reason. Uh, well, that first time you were sharing it, I was seeing it. Really? Uh -huh. It wasn't showing at my... Um, uh, preview screen. There we go. Now it's working. All right. Yeah, there it is. To not dress sexy or be sexy towards you for the next few days because it can cause you pain. So I'm just being considerate. Mm, okay. So say if the Oh, okay. Section, <laughs> you have any uh, never mind. For he, he was having boys. surgery. It was a vasectomy. <laughs> Uh, 40 something. Well, uh, 36. Okay. I, th I just wanted to make sure it wasn't something that could have potentially been related to a nutritional deficiency. Um, but it wasn't. You got this snip, snip here, snip, snip there. <laughs> anyway, um, that's oh, everything's going weird here. There we go. Um, yeah, I put the links for the websites uh, down there in the chat, as well as a link to that video that we watched. Um, but nutrition is extremely important. I think uh, Doc has done a great job of showing how important it is to get all 90 nutrients. And if, if you don't, you know, and again, they were talking about like her uh, sensitive breasts and things being a uh, uh, iodine deficiency. There, again dealing things one at a time um, and doing fractionated nutrition instead of giving all 90 so that you can eliminate. If she'd been doing that, she never would have had to deal with the breast tenderness. Um, and the loose skin, uh, that's a copper deficiency. Uh, by supplementing during this process, it will help. It's not going to, you know, if you have that kind of a weight gain and a weight uh, differential between what you were and what you lost, you're going to have some loose skin. Uh, one of the guys I worked with back uh, several years ago, he started out at 347 pounds and got down to 180. And he was complaining about his loose skin. I said, well, you know, it, it's got to go somewhere. You know, your body is going to get rid of the stuff on the inside quick and then it's going to take a while for it to reabsorb all that extra skin. It'll happen, but by supplementing and giving yourself enough copper, it will help with that and speed the process. So there are things that uh, hopefully 
I'm I'm going to seriously take a look at this. I'm 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 planning on giving it a try. Uh, I'm hoping I don't have to drag my wife kicking and screaming. I want her to watch that video. Hopefully, either today or tomorrow, and get an idea what it is we're uh, talking about here. I think after seeing the video, I think she'll be a little bit more inclined to give it a shot. But, um, you know, she's one of them people, typical Eastern European uh, bloodlines and, you know, potatoes, meat. You know, she said to me last night, you can't eat without, you, you, you can't get rid of your potatoes. And I said, sure I can. I don't eat potatoes that much. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I think... Um, uh, I, I tried it last night. I just did myself some, uh, you know, hamburger patties and, um, three eggs and some bacon that she was making for, for dinner. And I uh, throw that on there and it was yummy and I'm not the least bit hungry. And of course the dogs were upset. They didn't get any, <laughs> they were all sitting there staring at me the whole time, <laughs> drooling on my shoes. <laughs> but, uh, no, I um, I think I could do that without any real problem. Um, it's just a matter of having the goal ahead of you and seeing what is possible. And I'm going to be doing a little more research into things as far as what people have uh, gotten rid of. Um, you know, her case, it was boils and things like that. Dr. Barry used to be obese, too, before he started free start out with a keto diet and then switched over to uh, the... Um, carnivore about five years ago now but i think uh no matter what kind of diet you're doing you must supplement to get the best results you know you don't have the 90 essential nutrients because you're not going to get them you know granted you might do fairly well but there's no way of knowing you have no idea whether you're getting what you need just by eating those foods the smart thing to do is to supplement, give your body what you know from, you know, what's in there. You know what's in the 90 for life. And then anything you get from the food is just icing on the cake, so to speak. Uh, that's definitely a way to do it. But uh, I think uh, it's very doable. And, you know, I would rather just eat meat. You know, if someone said, you know, here's, here's you know, the you know either the meat diet the carnivore diet or the um uh, vegan lifestyle i can do the meat over the vegan every day of the week and <laughs> twice on sunday uh, i cannot see myself um living nothing on but nothing on plants nor is that healthy nor is it good for you nor is it biblical now granted um the you know, Genesis 1.29 is referring to the plants, you know, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's being processed. You know, you can either eat the plants or you can eat the animals that ate the plants first. <laughs> I, just, I choose to do it that way, personally. <laughs> you're still getting the plants, but you're getting them in uh, animal uh, process. You know, you're getting multiples. Um, but, uh, and, and again, the animals only get what's in the soil where they're grass-fed so hey jim yes sir go ahead gary is there any way to get the mighty 90 or close to it besides that liquid stuff you can do a healthy body start pack which um is the it's three things it's the um uh beyond tangy tangerine powder you mix in water 
and uh, it also includes either the liquid or the powdered uh, calcium product, the OsteoFX, and then the essential fatty acids. Um, you could do it that way instead of the, uh, the either the classic or the uh, body toddy. Um, you're still going to be drinking stuff. You know, it's just t- it'll be it'll taste different. Um, is there a reason you don't want the liquid stuff? The liquid stuff so nasty tasting that we threw it away. <laughs> Did you ever try diluting it? Yeah, we put it in water bottles and everything else, and it, we just couldn't handle the wife and I couldn't handle the taste, either one of us. Huh. You know, usually when that's the case, it's because, and I've seen this before, people can't handle it outright, and I tell them, just stick with it. You know, give yourself 30 to 60 days, and you will find that what tasted terrible before is now something that you really enjoy. Uh, it's It's just a combination psychological and physical thing where the nutrition is is so foreign to you it's hard to deal with until you get used to it your body gets used to it and then all of a sudden you can't live without it um well but, i've been meaning to get up you jim for quite a while now because i you know we'd ordered that last year and tried it mm-hmm. and see if there was something else we could do we're interested in and i fully believe what you're saying about the minerals and fatty acids and stuff it just that stuff was so nasty tasting (laughs) well um yeah what you should have done is if uh, you could have got your money back (laughs) if you know if you try this stuff and it's that bad you can call the company if within 30 days you got a money back guarantee on it but um you know you could get a canister of the beyond tangy tangerine and give it a try um they have three different kinds now the original the 2.0 and the 2.5 and I think they're coming out with a 3.0 if they haven't already. But the um, the 2.0 is a um, it's called citrus peach fusion, and it does it tastes just like a peach to me. Um, it's pretty good. And um, then there's also the original tastes more like a tan like tangerine kind of flavoring. Uh, my wife likes that. I I prefer I like them both, but I prefer the 2.0. I haven't tried the 2.5. Um, I don't know what that, how it tastes, but um, I know people that order it over and over again, so it must be okay. But uh, you could get a canister of that and give it a try and see if it's more palatable to you. Um, you can also mix it with other things. You know, you can put it in orange juice or whatever, whatever you got to do to get it so it's, you know, you can ha- handle it, and then eventually I think you'll be able to do it straight. You know, I, I do the uh, Ultimate Classic straight out of the bottle um i put it in a one ounce measuring cup and toss it right back in many cases sometimes i mix it with water and sip it but other times if i'm in a hurry i just throw it in a a cup and drink it and boom it's gone um that's not how you were supposed to take it up yeah like i said ideally the best way to do it is over time because you're you're sipping it but sometimes if i'm in a big hurry and i can't do anything quick i'll just you know open a bottle pour it drink it and be done um like i said it's better to do the sipping thing but uh, i've seen other people do it the other way and um they seem to do okay with it i seem to do okay with it um but you know again it's something you could try it's kind of like you know in that case it's like hard liquor (laughs) you know you throw it back and it's down you know but uh most people get they end up doing it too many times and then they end in trouble (laughs) 
But uh, if the pill, what about the ultimate daily classic pills? That's totally different. It doesn't have number one. It doesn't have the minerals in it. Um, so you know the ultimate daily classic is a uh, it is a uh, a vitamin mineral. It's got a lot of stuff in it, but it doesn't have the minerals. So you would have to either do the mineral caps or the mineral uh, liquid minerals to get those in. Um, I've never never done a label to label comparison between the, the the tablets or the caps and the uh, um, like the Beyond Tangy Tangerine or the Classic or anything like that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in them, but there there's just no way to get everything, including the minerals in them. Um, so that's the only downside with that. Yeah, I was thinking of just putting the minerals in, like some juice or something, to drink that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you yeah. could either do that or get the mineral caps. You know, that's one way that you could theoretically get most of it in capsule form, where you just swallow them. Um, the problem there is you're not getting the calcium that you need, and there's no capsule form of calcium. Um, we have calcium, the king calcium, and a couple other things. But it's nowhere, you'd have to take quite a few of them to get a day's worth. Uh, you really need to do the OsteoFX or the Caltati to get the right amount of calcium uh, without spending a boatload of money and uh, a lot of time swallowing stuff. You know, unfortunately, that's one thing where you really got to take the liquid. And uh, again, that's something you can, you know, if you mix it in orange juice, it tastes a lot like, you know, creamsicles. Um, so that's that's a plus, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we can Jim, we, we can try and get you like a canister of the Beyond Tangy Tangerine to try and see what you think. My problem is I only drink two things, and that's coffee and water. So. <laughs> well, uh, I've never put it in coffee. That would be interesting. <laughs> I think it might turn your you uh, get you to stop coffee if anything, but. Uh, no, yeah, diluting it or taking it straight, one or the other. Um, but, you know, most people, you don't have any problem when you dilute it in like 20 ounces of water. It's pretty pretty light at that point. But um, I did drink the water. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, we could try the um, Beyond Tangy Tangerine and see how that works because you're doing a couple of scoops of that in the, in the same amount of water. But like I said, it tastes, you know, to me, it tastes still really got, good. It tastes like a peach. <laughs> still got the 90 essentials in it? Or well, it's it, got it's it, got 88. It doesn't have, well, it's and it doesn't have enough calcium to go without doing the liquid calcium. Uh, that's the only problem. You've got um, the vitamins, minerals, amino acids. It does not have the essential fatty acids for the same reason it's not in the other stuff. Because when you mix minerals and um, uh, and fats like uh, you you end up with soap so um, you basically have to do those in your body not outside the body but um, yeah you would still need the, the essential fatty acids you'd still need the um, calcium to get a day's worth of calcium um, because it's so much um, you need a thousand milligrams minimum 1200 is better and you're only getting about 100 milligrams per serving of um, Beyond Tangy Tangerine, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, you're, you're way short. So you'd still need to do some sort of calcium supplement and the EFAs to get all 90. 
but we can okay. we can figure something out. Right. Talking. What's that? So thank you, and we'll be talking. All righty, sir. Thank you. Uh, my goodness, we got about uh, twelve minutes left, or less. Um, personally, I thought it was rather interesting, and there's a lot of others I looked at. Um, I found some other folks last night, one young lady who, um, had a, uh, shopping list that she was putting out and boy, I'll tell you what, it really, um, was straightforward. You don't have to worry about the center aisles of the stores at all, man. Make shopping a lot quicker. <laughs> you, you basically go to the meat case and the dairy case and you're done. And, uh, you know, steak, chicken, you know, hamburger, fish, um, uh, lamb um and different forms you know she listed all different kinds of steaks burger um chuck roast stuff like that and uh, so you have some variety but personally you know i um i would like to prove myself wrong but i could i could concede like she did i could eat hamburger patties all the time without any real problem throwing a little bacon and uh, maybe an egg or two you know bacon and egg you know people say what are you gonna eat well breakfast breakfast instead of eating all the the crap with full of carbs the cereals and junk bacon and eggs and if you want to switch it up do eggs and bacon (laughs) and you know poach them uh soft scramble them i did what i did last night the picture in the chat room that's what i call low and slow it's like a fried egg but it's not I use butter for one thing, and I use low temperatures, and you're not getting anything. You're not getting that browning, whatnot. It's just a, an egg that's got the runny yolk and uh, nice white whites, and uh, I use enough butter that when I'm done, there's a bunch of butter in the pan that I just pour over every top of everything to get me that extra fat. And uh, that's pretty much what I did. I poured the butter all over the burgers and all over the eggs and the bacon and the whole shooting match. And uh, it was tasty. And so, you know, I think I could do this without too much trouble. You know, my big problem is going to be trying to keep my wife on the straight and narrow. But I think it, once she sees that video, she may change her mind. Um, uh-oh. I got to look around. Yesterday, uh, Cooper the Wonder Pooch found one of my... Um, uh, citizen rule books and managed to take he snuck out of the room with it and went downstairs and shredded it <laughs> luckily i've got bunches of them but uh, i have to keep an eye on him. he's starting to not just lay here and snooze for two hours like he had been now he's uh, up and running around and getting in trouble <laughs> you know, six week you know or wait a minute Ten week old puppy, you know, they have a tendency to want to chew on stuff, and I thought I caught him with a little small hard drive in his mouth a little while ago. Uh, so I got to keep an eye on him. Yeah, they like to chew on everything. Yep, yep. But, I lost shoes years ago to our puppy. What's that? I lost a, my favorite pair of slippers. Oh yeah. To a dog's puppy that the girls got and. Uh, it was frustrating. Yeah, I was just going to say where the lady on that um, was talking about, you know, she went to uh, McDonald's and got, you know, hamburger patties. I would not recommend that to anybody <laughs> to go to McDonald's nowadays. You know, that's, 
That's an interesting thing. I would love to see a real analysis because they claim, and this is something he mentioned, they claim that you know their beef is USDA prime. Now, whether that's true or not, but if they get caught you know, lying about it, they could be sued. I think it's all the other crap, the buns, the condiments, and everything else is really the worst part of those things. And apparently you can go to McDonald's and just order the meat. I don't know what kind of price difference, if they charge you the same price as they do for the whole sandwich or if they give you a reduced rate or something. But a couple of quarter pounders, you know, with just the meat, um, or better yet, go to Wendy's and do the same thing. Um, I, try, I, I tend to trust Wendy's a little bit more than McDonald's, but <laughs> I don't know if that's misplaced or not. But... Um, you know, it's, I think unless you're in a hurry, I would tend to just eat at home, you know, because most places you go, they automatically have things set up. So it's all, you know, the, the, the main dish and then the side dishes and everything and trying to find side dishes that would still fit the bill, uh, might be a little tough, but, um, I still think it'd be worth a shot. I'm going to give it a try and see what happens. Hopefully I can get my wife to come along with me. And uh, we'll see. But this is something I think is might be interesting for the last few minutes. Um, if I can get it open here. Uh, these are, and she calls it ketivore, so I guess I'm assuming it's probably not completely total... Um, carnivore here at this point i'm just getting through the ads that they have for these crazy things there we go hi friends welcome back to my channel today i'm going to be sharing with you five ketovore meals that my family eats every week and this is nisha dr barry's wife the very first meal is taco bowls these are so easy quick simple and you can make them any way you want them we just take ground beef that we have from a local butcher that has organ meat mixed in with it so it's even more nutritious i make my own taco seasoning it's super simple but you can use whatever taco seasoning that you like and then we just put it in a bowl and top it with our favorite things i like to use some cilantro tomato onion of course sometimes i even make guacamole now i have several ways that i make guacamole but here's the most fun way i use element electrolytes i use the mango chili flavor and it tastes like you're eating a mango like mango guacamole it's so good i don't even know why i did this i just was playing around with some new flavors that they sent me like a year ago and I put it on there and it was fantastic. Element is actually sponsoring this video. If you don't know about Element, they are perfectly made electrolytes that have magnesium and sodium and potassium and no sugar added, no additives, no weird stuff. They taste great in water, of course, but I do like to add them to some of my recipes. Like my guacamole, also put them in my coffee. And right now, Element is offering a free sample packet with any purchase if you go to the link in the description and I'll put it on the screen as well. This comes with eight different flavors for you to try out to see which one you like best. Highly recommend the chocolate salt and the watermelon. Thanks to Element for sponsoring this video. The second meal that we eat pretty much every week is hamburger bowls, bunless hamburgers, whatever you wanna call it. And we all do it differently. So I like to put onions on mine and cheese. 
Beckett just wants cheese on his plain cheeseburger, nothing else. If something else touches his burger, he will not eat it. He's three. Ken obviously just eats a cheeseburger. Uh, sometimes he puts cheese on it, but usually it's just a burger, but we just season with Redmond's garlic pepper salt. They're seasoning salt. And my friend Melissa actually has a Big Mac sauce recipe on her blog. I'll put it in the description. And I like to add that sometimes for a little something extra. I do like primal steak seasoning on there as well sometimes. It's just simple. It's just a burger, right? You just patty it out, put it in the skillet, and then add whatever toppings that you like. The third meal that we usually eat every week is steak. Uh, very simple, we just cook our steak either in a hot, hot skillet. We like our steaks rare to blue rare. Sometimes we cook them in the air fryer, but we always season them with the garlic, pepper, Redmond salt. Never disappoints. It, it makes kind of like a crust on the outside of the steak, which is really nice. Sometimes we use a cast iron skillet. We used to use cast iron every single time. Then we got these new skillets and we use those a lot. But any way you want to cook a steak is, you know, a good way to go. We usually, eat ribeyes. Uh, very rarely will we eat any other cut just because we like that fat. But if you're someone who's wanting a different cut, you can always just add butter if you want an extra fat in your steak. You can also put hollandaise sauce on top of your steak, which is a super easy thing to make and is very, very clean. Like it's just eggs basically and butter. And I always throw some onions on top. The fourth thing we really love to eat is pork ribs. Uh, we have a friend that has a smoker and he will smoke them for us sometimes. Uh, Melissa has a dry rub recipe on her blog. I'll link that too. And then the other way that I like to do it is just low and slow in the oven. That's actually what we had for Christmas dinner last year was uh, ribs <laughs> and everybody liked it. I'll get the fattiest ribs that I can find. They're budget friendly. Most of the time pork ribs are under $10. Pork ribs are really budget friendly. They're super fatty and they're delicious and I don't have a problem with eating pork. So that's another great way to stay within your budget and get a fatty cut of delicious meat that pretty much the whole family is going to enjoy. Beckett loves ribs. He actually cut his teeth on ribs when he was a baby. That was one of his first foods. We would eat the meat off of the ribs and then give him what was ever what was left over. He would suck on it and gnaw on it. And to this day, he still loves ribs. And the last meal that we eat every week is bacon and eggs, but in multiple ways. So sometimes I do a breakfast bowl with bacon and eggs. Sometimes we do omelets. Sometimes we do frittatas, meat frittatas. Uh, traditionally, frittatas have vegetables in them, but you don't have to do it that way. It can just be bacon and sausage. You can even throw some steak in there and a whole bunch of yummy eggs. Dr. Barry likes to make what he calls flat eggs. We actually showed our uh, flat egg cooking process in our private community. So if you want to see that video, then I'll put the link to that in the description below. We just get the skillet very, very hot, put butter or bacon fat in there, and then scramble the eggs and then pour them in and kind of almost make like a crepe out of the egg and then we fold it over and fold it over and sometimes we throw some cheese in there too. It makes for a very delicious breakfast and sometimes dinner, breakfast for dinner is pretty common in this household. <laughs> uh, for the past three days actually I've eaten breakfast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and it was amazing. 
So that's just five of the meals that we eat on repeat in this house. I hope it maybe gave you a few ideas. If it did, make sure you hit that thumb and leave a comment of what meal you eat on repeat weekly. And I'll see you in the next one. Love you, mean it. Bye. All righty then. And that takes us right up to the end of the show. Appreciate everybody being here. Think about it. Maybe the carnivore diet's right for you. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Try it and see. We'll be back tomorrow with Mike Callan, DW. Not sure what we're talking about, but I know it'll be good. Take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care and God bless.